back oh how are you i didn't just mess up the first take of us starting the podcast definitely not alex definitely. i want you i want you to describe because we're doing this over video i want you to describe what i'm wearing to the listeners okay imagine kyle dubas but a little <laughs> bit taller am i taller than dubas i think so I do. I'm shooting something special for the HFR. I'm trying to be funny for the first time, so we're gonna see how that goes. Um, too bad I'm not old enough to look like Mark Bergevin. Like I don't have enough gray hair, but I do look like Dubas. AKA I have brown hair that's combed over. I'm white and I wear thick framed glasses. But anyway, Alex, you know how and we start. And you wear the show. a suit. Well, actually, I just have the vest on. I don't have like okay, a full blazer. But uh, anyway. Uh. How do we start the show, Alex? I believe we start with the power hour. I think we do as well. And Alex, there's no team that I love keeping an eye on more than the Pittsburgh Penguins because you never know when they're going to make a move. And the most recent thing they've done is 23-year-old defenseman Marcus Patterson, who, of course, the Penguins acquired last year in exchange for Daniel Sprung, has now signed a five-year extension with the Penguins with an AAV of $4,025,175. That's so weird. Because that $175 really matters. What number did he wear in junior? (laughs) I'm not sure. But... There's something interesting about this signing because I've seen a lot of back and forth uh, from Penguins fans and just people in the league talking about uh, is he good, is he bad, is he worth the $4 million. Um, You know, he's 23. He really still can improve, obviously. Um, Do you know who he plays with? Um, does he play with... It's not Latang because Latang plays with, plays with uh, Jack Johnson, doesn't he? I believe so. So, I don't know. Because everyone else is hurt. Who does he For, play with? Former Oiler draft pick. Oiler draft pick John Marino. Oh, the other young guy that's apparently yes. really young. And what I what I've read online is that they've actually been quite a good pairing, considering how injured uh, the back end has been. Mm-hmm. Um, and something I I uh, I was able to point out afterwards is going on their cap friendly. I noticed that they really have their top four. I I, I guess I'd like to call them core. Uh, moving forward in Dumlin and Latang and Pedersen and Marino uh, as their second pair. And it kind of gets me questioning, do they, I, I don't think they re-sign Justin Schultz, who's going to be up at the end of the year. But the question that has really popped into my head is what do they do with Justin Schultz now? Um, do you go ahead and say, you know what, why don't we get some type of assets back similar to what uh, St. Louis has done in, in the past with Kevin Shankirk and with Ryan O'Reilly? Or do they do uh, what the Leafs have done over the past years with Gardner, uh, Bozak, and JVR in let them just kind of let them walk and get nothing back for them? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if, if I'm Pittsburgh, well, we all know that Jim Rutherford lives by the idea of, hello there, I know that my team is not good enough. Sorry, I'm sorry, I'm going to mix up the blues. And by the way, it, was, it wasn't, you said Ryan O'Reilly, I think you meant to say Paul Stastny? And, uh, Did Paul I say Stastny, Ryan O'Reilly? Ryan O'Reilly. Oh, sorry. Um, sorry, yeah, I had Ryan O'Reilly in my head. 
The difference between the two teams is St. Louis, of course, Doug Armstrong has realized when his team hasn't been good enough, and he said, all right, we're going to make a move here. When Jim Rutherford has an idea that as long as I have Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin, it's no, it's no secret that he's always said, I'm going to go for it as long as I have these two players. So I don't see them selling up any pieces unless it's to acquire a guy like Jason Zucker. Really, I don't see them trading Justin Schultz. I'll lie to you. Well, they don't really have – who else would you consider them selling off in the short term, right? You look at, at their team, um, the obvious names that come to mind uh, would be Alex Galchenyuk, and that's pretty much it, and Justin Schultz. Uh, we've talked about Patrick Hornquist, but that was when things weren't looking good and we all underestimated Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. There's no take that back. Take that back. I didn't know such thing. Okay, we did underestimate Evgeny Malkin. Yes. Yes. Okay. Not Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin. Um, there's not a whole lot that they can sell off in the short term if they if they wanted to, other than Galchenyuk and Schultz. I just don't see that. Uh, Galchenyuk, I don't see that happening considering they don't have Jake Gensel and they don't have Nick Bukestad, who are both on the IR. But I think it's interesting to see what they do moving forward. I'd find it hard to believe that they bring back else. I just don't think that is a big, big thing that they want to do uh, unless... They're like the Anaheim Ducks or uh, the Chicago Blackhawks who like to keep the core together. <laughs> um, what do you think? Well, honestly, I, 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 I just I really don't see them doing anything subtracting from the roster except maybe Alex Galchenyuk. But of course, if and it sounds like Gensel will, of course, be out for the rest of the regular season, you get his cap hit and relief and that's something that I think a lot more teams have been talking about because of what's going on with Morgan Riley. So I, 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 there's room for them. And Tarasenko. And Tarasenko, of course. So I don't know if they're going to for sure. I don't know what they can give up. Jim Rutherford do you, doesn't want to give up his first. But Do you think they re-sign Justin Schultz? I don't know really enough about the Penguin system. I mean, really, if you really look at it, of course, you can say the Patterson move negates that. Like, sorry, not negates. You can see that the Patterson move probably is a – red flag for Justin Schultz in his time with the Penguins, but do I see the reason? Because they have a couple guys who stand out. They have a couple guys who stand out to me in uh, either the juniors or the minors. Um, They have Pierre-Olivier Joseph, who they got in the Phil Kessel deal, who is supposed to be good in the future. Uh, He's playing in the AHL right now. And they have Callan uh, Addison, who they drafted second in the second round in 2018. Mm. Those are two names that stand out to me that l- could look promising in the future. I'm quickly looking, and another reason I'm looking at this, and um, Justin Schultz is a modified no trade clause. And let's be honest, uh, it is a 10 team no move clause. You're not going to be in that much of a rush to get your t- um to get off of Sidney Crosby's team, right? So, right. also they've got to they've got to figure out what they're doing in net because Matt Murray and Tristan Jari are both restricted free agents at the end of this year and both have arbitration rights. So that's not fun. And of course, Casey Smith's uh, round as well. But you know what? There's another forward that I, I quickly think if we're talking about moves, uh, Josh Anderson sounds like he's going to be on the move. So I wonder if there's a fit. There in Pittsburgh, maybe. Josh Anderson, what do you think of that? So there was an article from The Athletic's Aaron uh, Portsline, and I I just picked out a quote that I thought was really interesting. He obviously went on to talk about it a whole lot more in his article about the short term and the long term. But he said the feeling around the NHL is that Anderson is more likely to be traded either by the trade deadline, which is less likely or after the season, which is more likely than he is to be re-signed by the blue jackets. And I thought that was interesting. Uh, Anderson, I believe has been injured this season. So he hasn't played. So he has, he hasn't played a whole lot. Um, 
there's the other thing he played in the article is that there isn't resentment after the holdout a couple years ago. Who's his agent again? Uh, Darren Ferris, <sighs> Mister Mister. I'm gonna go to Europe. Funny. Um, I think there's definitely teams who would be interested in him because I think he he's one of the guys that you don't see a whole lot of anymore. Uh, I mean, there's him and pretty much Tom Wilson are the two names that come to mind that I'd fit in that category. Yeah. I I really can't think of a whole lot of other names. And I know people would probably say Ryan Reeves, but Ryan Reeves doesn't put up points the same way that Tom Wilson or Josh Anderson can. I think... Josh Anderson would be valuable to a whole lot of teams. The only thing with Josh Anderson I would be scared of is he's missed time with a shoulder injury. And this is a guy who plays a hard style. And, yeah, he had 27 goals last year. But even with an injury, he only has one goal in 26 games. I would be a little wary of Josh Anderson. I I could see a scenario where somebody misses out on Chris Kreider and they're like, oh, I want tough guy. (laughs) And they go out and get uh, Josh Anderson. Yeah, I don't and and he uh Aaron Portsline noted this in the article. Obviously, it's less likely that he's going to be traded by the trade deadline. Uh, my guess is simply because they have a chance to get um to get a playoff spot and their pro- his value is probably lower now because he's been injured. Whereas if you wait until the end of the season around the draft, you get his RFA rights, see if you can sign him. Uh, or like like the Senators did with um, with CC, they offered him his qualifying offer and then traded him. That is, that's a other possible option too. I just I don't think he's going to be uh, a Columbus Blue Jacket by the start of next season. I think I'd agree with you there, Alex. And, you know, I look at Columbus and I think, uh, that's a shame looking at that situation because, you know, you see how hard Tortorella's got them all playing in that. And, you know, they're they're a team that they're going to be fighting for their, their playoff lives for the rest of the season. And if you look at another team that they've snapped a, a three-game losing streak and a lot, and I mean a lot of milestones happened in this game, and that's the San Jose Sharks, Alex. Uh, there's a Canadian press article via TSN I want to quickly read you a bit of because I saw, okay, Patrick Marlowe gets his 1,100 point as a shark. But then as I started reading this article, I realized, oh, my God, a lot has happened. So in this game, of course, the Sharks beat the Ducks last night. Uh, in that game, Patrick Marlowe gets a pair of goals. So let me just read you to see if that <clears throat> Marlowe moved past Hall of Famer Guy Lafleur and into a tie with Mike Madonna for 25th place on the NHL's career list with 564 goals. The 42-year-old also moved past Rod Brindamore for 50th all-time on the points list with, uh, sorry, on the points list with 1,185. And of course, those pair of goals gave him 1,101 points as a shark. And of course, Eric Carlson got his 600th point on an assist. Huge game for a team that's going to finish outside the playoffs. That, and, is, that is true. Now, of course, I'll... And they don't have their first round pick. They don't. Do you, do you want to just... Do you want to... Because he was obviously... He was only late for two seasons, but I feel like he was an important part of that team. Maybe not in that second year when it came to on-ice production, but, of course, his first year including in the playoffs and his his work behind the scenes and helping those younger guys be professional and giving them a killer instinct or trying to teach them the killer instinct we talked about last week. What do you how do you remember Patrick Marlowe's time and seeing what he's doing in San Jose? I think there's okay, from a Toronto perspective, I think there's a lot of bad that a whole lot of people remember because last year was a little bit of a mess. When it comes to his deployment and uh, situations that he is being played in. But I think you can't forget, especially that first year that he was here. And and even, even the second year to the extent 
he had a presence in that locker room that a lot of people didn't have in that locker room. Mm-hmm. You look at who's in there, and, and we talked about Killer Instinct instinct last episode, but I'm talking about, like, there's a difference. You know, you can have a killer instinct and be a leader, but you can also not have a killer instinct and still be some type of leader in the locker room. And I think that those two years that he was here, he was he had an important important role in being that leader that especially the first year there weren't a whole lot of veterans on the team uh this year at, or you know you got Jake Muzzin um last year you ha- got John Tavares last year that first year that he was here he didn't have a whole lot uh the players that were there were all generally still quite young uh, even Morgan Riley was still quite young when he was in that year. It just seemed like he was a veteran because he's been here since I don't even know when, since forever. But he had a very important role in this organization. Last year, I think, messed it up. Not messed it up. I think it downplayed it a whole lot because of his play on the ice. Mm-hmm. Also, it helps that it does not help him. Sorry that 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 Mike Babcock really didn't put him in the position to succeed. Uh, and you know, just one thing, I, I'm going to change what I said really from killer instinct really to if Patrick Marlowe was teaching anything, I would say it was more professionalism than uh, how to be. Yes. Um, and we talk about you know Patrick Marlowe's back in your headspace now with that game last night, Alex. And another player that's come back into the fold, not my best transition the last few, I know. But uh, Jeff Skinner is back from injury for the Buffalo Sabres, a team that are right there with Montreal, who seem to think they uh, are better yeah. than they are. Uh, Ten-game absence he plays last night versus the Ottawa Senators, where all he did was get a single shot on net. Yeah, the Buffalo Sabres last night did not have a good game. Uh, I watched the highlights this morning after I was reading some things on Twitter. Really not a good game by the Buffalo Sabres. Linus Allmark also went down with an injury, which really is the last thing that team needs right now. I think, is it fair to say that the playoffs are pretty much not happening for them? I would... I'd like to apologize, Alex, to the Buffalo Sabres because this is my fault. Uh, I had faith in them, and them disappointing me and, again, having a great start to a year and completely blowing it is um, because I had faith in them. I had faith in an organization that has a heart-caliber player in Jack Eichel, uh, Rasmus Dahlin, Rasmus Derlinen. I'm sorry, Buffalo, that I'm the reason you are so much of a disaster. I really am. And um, they have one game in hand over the Habs, and they are a single point ahead of them. So they're not making the playoffs. They are not. No, no. They're tied. They're tied. Oh, they are tied. Sorry. Sorry. Yes. They're, no, but yes. they're still in the same position. They're, no, they're not making the playoffs. No. I may be projecting a bit onto the Buffalo Sabres here, but they let me down, and I'm pretty upset about it. You know what? You win some, you lose some. Well, Alex, it's funny you say win or lose because when it comes to being a hockey fan tonight, there is no winning or losing because the Battle of Alberta continues tonight in Edmonton. Zach Cassian's first game back since his suspension. And oh my God, Alex, let me just to give you, I'm going to let you go off here because this is going to be a fun thing to talk about. But this is a quick tweet from uh, the Bob Favre. Pardon? Bob- Sorry, you cut up. You cut up. Sorry. Um, I'm just going to read you this tweet from Bob McKenzie of TSN. You may, may have heard of him. Um, Chris Lee, Maybe. Kyle Remen are the referees tonight for Calgary uh, Edmonton. Kachuk Cassian game, Bevan Mills, and Greg Dvorsky on the lines. Veteran crew getting the call for this game. And, of course, head of player safety, George Peros, and NHL director of officiating, Stephen Walcom, will be in attendance tonight. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. God. I know what you're saying, Alex. And- wow. So scary. <laughs> I I have a question for you though. Yeah. What's up? So don't don't they usually uh put refs veteran veteran refs in playoff games? <laughs> uh, they do. 
Yeah. Ask Nazem Kadri what it's like in the playoffs and officiating. But they put veteran refs in the in the in the playoffs. Yes, because they want the games to be played right. And if I'm correct, ah, played right. Yet time after time, Adam, how many times last year before we started the podcast did we have argue? Uh, not arguments. How many times did we complain about the missed calls? How many times? Well, my team once a day. Okay, you know, first of all, my team missed the playoffs two days before the playoffs started, so I wasn't really that upset. But I did watch, I think it was, was it game three or four of the Leafs series? Where, no, I'm not talking about the Leafs. I'm not talking about the Leafs. No, 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 no. Let, let me finish. But wasn't it like game, it was, I it remember. Was game I, two. It, it was, was game, game two. two. And yes. there was no officiating at all. No. It was complete oh, debauchery. No. And of course, Game Seven ruined Vegas. Um, Vegas Sharks. That was a, like, see the entire Sharks run showed how poor the officiating was. Listen, it's not. It's not scary for the players at all. I understand there's a difference in refereeing, right? You have that experience. It it doesn't matter. Like I saw a game. I and it's they were probably. Rookie referees. Uh, did you see there was a fight and they were like grabbing on? They haven't even started fighting yet. Oh, it's like they were yeah. clueless. Yeah, yeah, I saw it. Okay, but that same stuff happens with other refs too. So you can have the bet. You can have Wes McCauley. Okay, what you have Wes McCauley at this game? I don't care. Yeah, you yeah. can have George Perro sitting in the stands. What is that going to do? It's funny. George Peros probably looks forward to games like this. Maybe somebody's career was like. The guy was like. What is. It's not going to do a single thing. It's really not. Well, let's let's step away from that point of view of, of what it's going to be like with those certain people in attendance. How do you think the game's going to go? Because some people may look at it and think, you know what? the thought in everyone's mind is this will actually be a very tame game and then the next one in a few days will be the harsh one. What do you think is really going to happen tonight? I think both of the games are going to be absolute nightmares. Zach, I'm telling I'm, I think Zach Cassian is going out. He's going out and he's going to do something. Is it whether Chuck though or Goudreau? It's going to be to someone. I wouldn't be surprised if it's to to Kachuk. Do you think? Oh God! Do you think the starting lineups are going to be the Ronaldo line or like Lucic and Cassian? Do you think it's going to be? Do we get a line brawl to start this match? Probably not. I'm just probably hoping too much. I don't think there's going to be a line brawl. But how long does this game take to get going? I'm not sure. It's it's going to be one of tonight, or I got, I think they play Saturday. One of these two games are going to be messy. Who and George Peros, Zach Cassian, that's who's making the first move. George Peros can sit in the stands. For the rest of the Edmonton Oilers season, that's not going to do anything. They could talk. They apparently they already talked to before the All Star break. They already talked to both Edmonton and Calgary, and said, you know, you really shouldn't do anything, or it's going, it's not going to be fun. Well, if you did your job the first time, we wouldn't be in this situation. You're telling me that if they suspended Matthew Kachuk. If they suspended Matthew Kachuk, that Zach Cassian would be this pissed? No, I think oh, I, 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 it wouldn't be this bad. I think he'd still be mad about getting brained. For sure, but I don't think he's gonna be this upset. You look at you look at the same situation happened in Vancouver against Winnipeg. Matt. Uh, Jake Vertanen, I think, uh, el- something about an elbow with Matthew Perot. And Matthew Perot said, uh, he said, Department of Player Safety, my ass. That's what he said. I better I've, not get fined for this, too. And I don't think he did. He didn't get fined for it. 
because everyone thinks it's a joke. By no the way, one's doing the, anything. The second game is on the first, which is this Saturday. Pardon? The second game, like Oilers thing, it is Saturday, February 1st. You were right. I'm telling you, something's going to happen, and it's not going to be funny. Well, Alex, we'll wait and see. I'm sure we're going to talk about this. Uh, we're going to talk about this on Sunday, of course. Hopefully, we will get Daniel in for that show. Uh, but you never know, do you? Alex, let me yeah. ask this, though. What is your week of the bye week? Read of the bye week? I got an interesting one. All right. It's of course from the athletic. I was gonna pick, I was gonna pick one from Sportsnet that I thought looked interesting, but I like this one better. Once it's it's loading here, you know how you know how the internet is. Oh yeah. You know how the it's so it's from Craig Custins. It's who says no? NHL executives evaluate your trade proposals. I like it. It is very interesting. Well, mine is there's a video version I can't find, but um, and I want to bring it up because of course today is uh, Bell Let's Talk Day. You're not alone, of course. All that kind of stuff. You love to see it. Great cause. And um, to honor that, I'm gonna. Mine is actually going to be. It's a video you can find on TSN, but um, there's also an article about it by Dan Ryan. And that's, of course, on Bell Let's Talk Day. Hear how Patrice Bergeron helped Jamel Smith in a time of need. Um, it was how about 14 months ago, Jamel Smith, a bunch of stuff going on, claimed in waivers and all that. Of course, we just see it as a paper transaction. We don't see how it actually affects people's lives. And, of course, um, went through some rough stuff. And the best person in the world, Patrice Bergeron, helped him out through it. So if you want more of the details, the story itself, go check that out on tsn.com, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, fantastic thing. And isn't Patrice Bergeron just the best person on this planet, Alex, even though he's a Bruin? I love him. Yes. Did he? This story came out uh, last season, right? But there was no feature written on it or anything. It, the the news kind of came out because I remember hearing about this uh, last year. But it's more spotlighted because of Bell Lotstock. I think to, yeah, today it's been more spotlighted. Well, Alex, we are good going on. We're going to have our newest pop quiz on Sunday as well. Hopefully, we're going to do that in person, by the way. Unbelievable. I'm thinking, Alex, of, ma of printing out an actual pop quiz. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Alex, it's time to go in talking about some segments. And Well, Alex, I am very interested in women's hockey as of the past, I'd say, year. And, of course, Cassie Campbell-Pasco, we talked a bit about it, but she said some stuff on uh, an all-star break and it confused some of us. Now, the NWHL has responded to this, and they have put out a statement, Alex. Would you like me to read this statement? Yeah, parts, you don't need to read the entire thing, but there's parts of it. All right, well... I'm not going to read Cassie's exact because they quote her here, but if you want to read it online, it's not hard to find. And I'll read what I would say is the first section, and I'll read the last paragraph as well. Uh, I do really encourage you to go read the full thing, of course. Um, it is a very, very interesting read to me. The, NH the NWHO usually does not respond to untruths and damaging comments, but we feel this one should be addressed. Campbell Pascal and Sportsnet use the occasion of a great moment for women's hockey to float, sorry, to float absurd lies about our league, which works every day to build a business and illustrate the value of women's hockey. So there's no misunderstanding. The report by Sportsnet is illogical. The statements that players may be personally liable to investors in our league is inaccurate and not in line with laws in either Canada or the United States. Now, I'm going to skip ahead here and all this. They talk about Cassie Campbell-Pascal and, of course, how she was one of the best women's hockey players of all time. And I just want to read this last part here. Of course, um, just a quick mention, in a few weeks, the NWHL does have their all-star game, so go and support that women's hockey. I uh, want to grow the game, of course. Now, this last part of the statement is very interesting to me. Although Campbell-Pascal may serve as an analyst, she's a former longtime board member of the CWHL. Of course, the other rival women's league that closed down last year. 
That is, um, that's my party article. They didn't put that in. Um, one of the greatest players in hockey history and undoubtedly for the game. When we try to hear, sorry, when we try to tear each other down with reckless reporting or malicious <clears throat> comments, women's hockey does not move forward. Alex, when I, when you first stepped this, you saw it. We've had. Pardon? What was your reaction to this? Well, we've had uh, discussions about this off the podcast uh, after this statement was released. And it, it just was really messy. It, it started. Listen, I, I think it started messy when she started her sentence with, "I'm no lawyer by any means, but what? But I think what a lot of lawyers and agents are saying to these players is blah blah is etc." She continues. Mm-hmm. It, see where it gets messy there. It's she's so- making all the. She's making these set of claims. That's where it get it gets messy for for me. I think it starts messy there. I think at the end of the day, the NWHL did no like they had to come out and say something because it looks really bad. It looks really bad. Like if you read that statement, it's damaging. Like they said, that's you can. I wouldn't be surprised if there was something about slander that came out of that because that is. It's a damaging statement. It really is. It, it, I think that here's where I find it interesting. When they say they don't respond to untruths and damaging com- comments, I think the only the the main reason they they had to send out a statement is number one, it was Cassie Campbell Pascal, and number two, it was broadcasted on Sportsnet. During the uh, like during All Star Weekend, where those women were so prevalent and being you know exposed right. to to an audience that may not have seen them before. Right. I think we had this discussion last episode. I don't know if we really need to go into it again. Yeah. Uh, if you want to hear it, go back and uh, listen. But basically, they need to get. I don't want to say they need to get their act together. I think they need to get together they need to figure out what they want to do uh they have the nwhl they have the uh phw ph uh wpa i believe that's what the initials are um the it's essentially the the union for people not in the whl nwhl and they need to decide if they want the nhl involved or not and if the NHL is going to be involved, things are going to be different. We've had this discussion on the podcast and off the podcast that the NHL don't want to get involved in this because let's be let's be honest, it's a little bit of a mess right now. It, it, it's it's a bit of a mess, and they're going to have to clean some things up before the NHL gets involved at all. And one of those things is that they need to work together. They need to be in some type of agreement that they both want the NHL involved or that they want to create one league because that's what's stopping the NHL from really coming in and helping to develop women's hockey outside of including them in the all-star game, right? They're promote. Obviously the NHL is promoting women's hockey. If that wasn't the case, you wouldn't have seen anyone at the game last year and you wouldn't have seen anyone at the skills competition on this Friday night. Mm -hmm. They, they want to be a part of this just the same way that the NBA is a part of the WNBA. I, I, would, I would also add that I think beside the NHL that because right now, I don't want to sound like a douche saying this, but it women's hockey kind of feels like mean girls right now. With this whole Cassie Campbell, Campbell, um, Cassie Campbell, Pascal stuff in the NWHL, it, it does feel like it. When it's you go on TV and start your thing with "Well, I'm no lawyer," and then they come back and call you out for being part of the old league, that's not a good look for. Forget about the NWHL or Cassie Campbell. Like they said, it just damages women's hockey. It's brutal to watch. 
Yeah, it, it really is brutal to watch them. Like, it's a like it's like a pushing, pushing and shoving match. There's no fighting going on. It's just them arguing back and forth. And they and we've heard. Listen, it's not that. It's not that no one wants to help women's hockey. I think there's a. I've seen on Twitter. There's. Uh, there's a lot. There's been. I've seen a quite a few people uh, saying that. That's not the case. It's the case that it just seems very messy. And the NHL to get involved and say screw it and just because if the NHL gets involved, I think they can really just take down everyone and say, listen, it's either this way or the highway. And you've seen them do that before. You look at how they're dealing with the Olympics. It's either my way or the highway. Like it, it, it's possible, but I, I listen. I want women's hockey to succeed. I know uh, for a fact that there's so many people in media. The media. You look at Brian Burke, nonstop talks about women's hockey all the time. You look. On Hockey Central, when they talk about women's hockey, it's ne- I've never heard bad things come out of women's hockey. The way that they, the, their skill level, like it's developing. You listen to Brian Burke, he says, he says that it's, it is very good. You've seen the players come out and say this, like NHL players come out and say this. It's a matter of them coming together, working it out. So the NHL, or if they want to do it by themselves, go ahead. One league. You look at, do you know any other professional sport that has more than one league in a country that works well? Uh, no. No. No, because the CHL is its own like little brand. No, it, I, I couldn't. No. It's always... <laughs> And like that was, and I think that that's something that, after her time on the board of the CWHL, that Cassie Campbell said that a big problem is like just two leagues doesn't work, and neither of them have even been able to figure out a sustainable business model. And competing against each other and not coming to like coming together, to figure out a solid solution, isn't helping the game move forward. No. It's not. Well, Alex, it's again, I keep saying this to you that I think something big is going to happen over the summer. I have no, you know, I have no sources that I just, it, it is, it's a general feeling. And I just see my neighbor has just gotten a package. And Alex, let me tell you what's a package in this world. Rooting for a Canadian market because you can open it and you never know if it's going to be good, if it's going to be bad. You just never do, Alex. So. <laughs> We've, we've got the Habs and we've got the Leafs. Where do we want to go? Because there's some stuff to talk about with both, including a Leafs win and the Habs loss. Uh, you can go first. You know when you know your team's in trouble? Pardon? Do you know when you know that your team's in trouble? Uh, tell me. It's when Dale Weiss, who I, I love Dale Weiss. I really do. Uh, but... When Dale Weiss gets his first goal as a Hab since 2016 in his 500th game, love it. When he gets his first Habs goal since I was in high school, and we're all happy about that, it's a sign that things aren't looking that good. When Claude Julien comes out and gets a bit lippy with the media when he normally is pretty cool, Remember, this is the same guy who called the Bruins out for not having enough talent. You know, your season in trouble. You know, when Elliot Friedman says in 31 Thoughts earlier today, Montreal's message is that they aren't interested in rentals. Good. And the most likely scenario is they don't do a ton. Oh, no. Even though the 2020 playoffs are a long shot. Thank you, Elliot. They want to be in the race for 2021. Training those who can help them next year, Petrie and Tatar, don't make sense barring something they absolutely can't turn down. Uh, so the way I read this is, so Kolachuk will get traded probably, which makes sense. Okay, fantastic. Okay, um, maybe Nate Thompson, and um, maybe Nick Cousins. That's where. That's that's where the season is, and um, yeah, yep. Yeah. 
Alex, you know what I can't wait to hear at the end of this season? What? Well, if you guys want to find out what I have to say, watch the oh, new FFR that I'm in the middle of shooting. But no, Alex, it's just, it's going to be, Mark Bergevin's going to give his parade, and he's going to give his normal spiel about, I don't want to mortgage the future, and another year of players' careers will be wasted, Alex. So I want to give you an example here. I'm going to try and be as descriptive as possible for the people listening. Alex, right now I want you to look at me through our video chat here, and I want you to look at my hair, all right? Let's say my hair is the Montreal Canadian season. It's a mess. It's a mess. Now, imagine injuries are my glasses. Oh, no. I am now putting my glasses on, which you don't, you're not used to me seeing with my glasses on. And these glasses, these injuries are what Mark Bergeron is going to use at his, po- at the, at his end of the year conference to cause a distraction from missing playoffs. Oh, it was the injuries. Did you but know we didn't have- we have a discussion about this? Did, but Alex, Alex, Sebastian Aho wanted to be a hat. Or he no. wanted to be, or he wanted to be a hurricane and not deal with the contract situation. Oh no, 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 Alex! Did you know that we have Shea Weber? The yes. In the room, Alex. Don't you know? I'm, I'm sick. I of don't this. know if you're being serious with me or not. There's because I'd be highly concerned if you were. No, no, I, I'm being sarcastic. There, this season is a mess. Okay, like, yeah, I, yeah, you're very price. You're wasting his career. You've wasted it for eight years. Okay, so I, I'd like to go through two. I've created two activities for today's episode. Activities. Yeah. Activities. Activities. Okay. Do you want to start with the good one or the bad one? No, no, you don't need anything. Okay, let's go through the bad one. Why not? Okay, so we're gonna play. Who gets traded? Okay. It's. And you know what? You ruined it with the 31 thoughts, but we're doing it anyways. Uh, we have Jeff Petrie. Apparently not. Thomas Tatar. Apparently not. Or both of them. Apparently not. <laughs> Damn it. You ruined it with the 31 thoughts. Okay, who would you want to trade? Fine, we're going to change the question. So I, I've spoken a bit about this in my in one of my HFRs that if it was me, I would trade Jeff Petrie just because I look at what Jeff Petrie is, and I, I've said this to death, that he is a 40-point defenseman. He is right-handed and has two years on his deal. Jeff Petrie's value will never be higher than it is right now. And the Vegas Golden Knights need the guys who you got Nick Suzuki – a second that became Romanov, and Tatar is a throw-in, the team that you have made one of your most successful trades in the past eight years with, needs a puck-moving defenseman. And are willing, and, and, and clearly have an impatient owner, by the way, and you don't want to sit there and think, I have this stud asset. I understand it's difficult to replace, sir, but guess what? You wouldn't be in a rush to be competitive if you chose to just sit down and do a rebuild. So I think it should be Jeff Petrie because I can imagine the, 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 the sheer amount of, of return you could get for a guy like that would just be so good for this team in the long term, which is how Bergeron should be thinking, but he's just so Frankenstein this team into the Minnesota Wild of the East. There, I said it. And I think... Because of the forwards you have, they're already there. Kokinami, Domi, Druin, the future Cole Caulfield that you could afford to get rid of a winger. The most plentiful asset in the league. And oh my god, is that is that the Edmonton Oilers or, or the, the Pittsburgh Penguins who are you know are probably gonna make a move to try and get into the playoffs? I think it is, but but no. No, Alex. We're gonna wait till next year and not do anything. Don't not gonna make any impactful moves again. Oh my God! We don't have the the taxes are such a problem. We can't bring in free agents. If you win, you can bring people in. That that is a great rhyme. I know. I didn't if you do can it. win, you can bring people in. Yeah. Um. That there's thirty one games. Thirty one more games, and this team's going nowhere. What's the what's the good what's the good activity, okay. Alex? So we have a Instagram group chat with Daniel that's called Webs for Norris. Yes. Yes. 
I'm throwing this on you right now. Okay. I'd like you to pitch to me why Shea Weber deserves the Norris this season. Well, Alex, I look at Shea Weber and I think, wow, this is a fantastic player. 12 goals as a defenseman. 33 points already on a team that just so 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 has been fighting there. He's been healthy. He comes back after an injury and all that. And like you see this guy, he's at the age he's at, having a fantastic year. Even at even you know offensively, he's up there. He may not be John Carlson playing for for just the team he's on, but you look at Weber and he's the only stud on this blue line. And you look at oh, what do you know? A defenseman who can play both ends of the ice. Isn't that such a unicorn nowadays? And he's a he's a leader. He plays physically. He can skate for someone his size. He's a threat on the power play, a penalty kill. He is a threat. People are scared of him. The shot, for the love of God, he, his shot is so lethal that, that Carolyn Cameron has to ask him, Shay, what do you have to say? I'm sorry to the people I've hurt. It's such a deadly shot. He hurts his teammates by accident. That's why I think Shea Weber should win the Norris. He's an all-around defenseman. He's the backbone of the Montreal Canadiens, and I think he is a defenseman that is extremely difficult to come up, come around, get, and, and just, just have as, as a cornerstone of your team that Shea Weber is. That's quite a convincing argument. I know, but he doesn't. But even it's get still gonna go to. It's still gonna go to John Car. Ah, uh, John Carlson. As it should, but I, I just think when when the Pro um, Riding Hockey Association doesn't even give him a nod for that or the defensive defenseman uh, of the year, I, I get a bit upset with that. But you know, don't mind me. It's just I'm normally I'm I'm quite I'm quite calm on these these podcasts, but I don't think I've thing. lost. I haven't lost my mind on the show since. The show we recorded before we met American Friedman again. Why remember, do you, I, don't, I don't remember. I think it had to do with something with Marner, and I got really, really mad about it. I don't know. Uh, it's okay. Well, but yeah, I just, I'm very, I'm just very upset with this team right now. Well, I, someone has to be calm on the show. I'm dressed up. I'm, I'm dressing up as Mark Bergevin. For a skit I'm about to do these videos, I'm so I just I'm I'm realizing where this team is and they're going to be in in in, in purgatory for thirty one more games. How long is a hockey game? We can say what like two, two and a half hours? Yeah. So let's just let's do some math here. Okay, let's let's do some math. Oh uh, so so Dan I so, didn't we get into journalism not to do math. Yeah, I don't know. Isn't that the, isn't that the that. joke? But anyway, you do the math there, people. 31 times two and a half hours. That's a lot of hours. That's a lot of time I'm going to waste watching this team that continues to disappoint me. And then I'm going to make these videos about this team that I love so much. And it's just, but then they're so, it's such a double-edged sword. This team just, I, they, I, I feel attacked. Attacked. <clears throat> I have nothing else to say about this team. That's okay. Oh, Rasper Sandin's fantastic. You guys have one. Want to talk about that? Sure. Yeah, so... Uh, so we're back. Yeah, we're we're fine. Uh, so, Alex, the Leafs come back after probably a really disappointing end to their first part of their season. Yeah. And, uh, it was an interesting first part of the season. Predators, yeah. yeah. Rasmus Sandin scored too, Alex. So why don't you tell me about how you're feeling after that game and what, what do you think that me that game means for the second half of the Leafs season? Um, I'm optimistic. Um, obviously, there's still some issues uh, that need to be dealt with, but when, when's the last time you heard me say that this team is perfect? Uh, never. No. Uh, um. Obviously, you said it. Rasmus Sandin scored his first NHL goal and looked quite good against Nashville. Um, obviously, that's a team that probably isn't making the playoffs this year, which is such which a is which is crazy considering um, considering the team they have. It just hasn't worked out. It seems like their forward group just has not worked out. 
which is weird to say considering the names they've brought in, brought in. Um, Duchesne's a curse. <laughs> maybe, honestly, maybe. Except last year for like a week, <laughs> when they when they swept the um, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Sergey Bobrovsky, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, obviously, we we kind of mentioned it. Uh, two episodes ago, I want to say uh, Jake Muzzin is talking or his representatives are talking to the Leafs about him re-signing. I thought that was quite interesting um, simply because, you know, if there's a position that I think we have um, not I don't know if depth is the right word, but I think our top six six are kind of fit already is the left side considering Riley, Dermot, Sandine, um, even other guys that they drafted this year and in the past. I find it interesting that they want to bring Jake Muzzin back. I mean, Derm- I- I've heard Dermot can play on the right. I haven't seen him play on the right well. I also haven't seen him play well this year. Like he's had good games here and there. It's just he hasn't impressed me like he's impressed in the past. So that's going to be an interesting contract that they're going to work out. Don't be surprised if he signs a bridge deal. Um, Back to Jake Muzzin. They are talking to Jake Muzzin. I'd like I'd be interested to see what that deal looks like simply because he's going to be 31 uh, you know, and considering we've talked about it many times before, the way he plays the team, the L.A. Kings team that he was on, it takes a load off of you. Like it's a it's a killer team to play on, but it is heavy. Uh, and we've mentioned that how many times we talked about Jonathan Quick, we talked about Drew Doughty, we talked about Dustin Brown, Jeff Carter. The the list of names goes on about players who have played on that team and how fast or how quickly they can decline. Another interesting thing to come out of Toronto, with going back to the defense, is that uh, Bob McKenzie reported on TSN uh, a couple days ago now that. He believes that the Leafs are actively looking for a right-handed defenseman or a left-handed defenseman who can play on the left, who can play on the right. Sorry, uh, with multiple years of term left, uh, at least one plus year, something like the Jake Muzzin deal, uh, but would prefer two plus years remaining. No guarantee it gets done, but they're looking. Uh, Kapanen, Janssen, Kerfoot are what team wants. I think that's- I'm. What? That's a, a getting a, a top four right hand with term. I would expect yes. that yeah, Cap, Jeff Petrie. Want Jeff Petrie? Captain, please. Nylander? I think there's other players like stop saying Nylander. I may get to him later. Did you see <laughs> what Dave Poulin said? Pardon? Did you see what Dave Poulin said? Um, about Rasmus Sand- I heard he said something about Rasmus Sandin. I didn't even want to go listen to it. All right, never mind then. It was dumb. It was dumb. No, he said they need to trade Rasmus Sandin for a legitimate top four defenseman, right? And Bob laughed at him. What a joke! <laughs> what a joke! You may give this guy two years, and he's a top four defenseman. Two years max. I mean, he's, he's a top four defenseman. Leaves. He's one of the Leafs' top four defensemen right now. Um, back to the right-handed defenseman. They've t- looked at Matt Dumba. I don't think they made an offer from what I've been reading, but that would be an interesting deal to get done considering that uh, Bill Guerin apparently has made him available, which that's is expensive. weird. I that's don't expensive. know why you'd make him available, but pardon? That's... Matt Dumba screams like that's an expensive player to get. I know. I don't know what the what the offer would be. Well, well he's got because I don't see four years, six million is his cap hit. He's right-handed. I know he's had an off year, but that's Matt Dumba. 
I don't think people value him as high as we do, or as certain people do. That's a we. That that's why I'm saying. You know what? The fact that they're willing to give him up is so weird, because that's the guy you build around, not Jared Spurgeon. You don't give Jared Spurgeon seven and a half for eight years, or seven years, whatever the hell they gave him. It's it's weird. Um, other defenseman that I've heard is Josh Manson, out of Anaheim. Uh, who has been talked about before. You know, you also got Travis Hamannick. Uh I don't think TJ Brody's an option anymore. Apparently he put Toronto on his don't trade list uh, after the Kadri, whatever, whatever happened there. I can't think of many... Can't think of many questions... Uh, many players, sorry... That could pop up in my head. Obviously, I know you're about to say Jeff Petrie, but no, do you have me. do you have any other players? I don't think Montreal and Toronto would make an, a trade like that. Uh, well, no, I I I pitched Matt Dumba to you. I think last week or a few episodes ago, I, I pitched it. Um, I didn't actually think it would become a possibility. Uh, I do not have sources, Alex. I promise you that. But I mean. Oh no! Like Man- Manson's a guy I've heard a lot of people would love to see in the Leafs uniform. I've heard that on Leafs. Sorry, I've read that on Leafs Twitter for what feels like like two years. I won't lie to you, but I mean, yeah, the the guys who come to mind, right-handed defenseman with some term that can be on the market. It's really those two players. Yeah, it would be Josh Manson and good old Matt Dumba. I'm looking around right now. Normally, when you hear defenseman's available. Or you need a defenseman that's called the Carolina Hurricanes, but they're going to be looking for one too. Or how about this? And and, and bear with me here, Brendan Dillon. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. What's Stop it. Dillon? A whole lot of list of things. There's Not what the team needs. Or like the thing of wanting two years at least kind of takes Sammy Vatnin out of the deal. So. Yeah. It does. That would work. That would be interesting too. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you know you'll take a look at Alec Martinez. Is he still injured? Uh, I will check. He is a lefty, though. I believe he is. I know, but he can play on the right. Alec Martinez. I will check his. Last I believe. I believe he was Muzzin's partner for a little bit, and he played on the right. Uh, his last game played was on the 18th, so I think he's back. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's another guy. You know, he has this year and next year. Uh, actually, yesterday was the official year um, since the Leafs traded Jake Muzzin. For Jake Muzzin, sorry. Uh, and it looks like it's worked out. Don't you think? I don't know. I can't tell. Oh, he's been the most <laughs> I can't tell. defenseman. I yeah. Just- but Alex, there's another yes, player yes, I need yes, to yes. ask you about, and there's, I feel like William Nylander is kind of like a Sith Lord that he, a Sith Lord uses his emo. He uses. Sorry, his, did you say William Nylander? Yes, I did. William Nylander. Don't say that on the podcast. Alex, Alex, he's oh a my he's goodness. a Sith Lord. But instead of using his hatred to make himself stronger, I feel like he uses the power. Of the people who tried to trade him on Twitter, now Alex, you you're going to you're going to get a certain age demographic very upset. You have to stop saying his name on this podcast. That's it. Alex, is that is that a letter? I see. I may or may not have a letter ready. Alex, uh, why don't you read this letter that you texted me that you were going to read on today's episode? I think the last time I wrote a letter was about Mike Babcock, right? I think so. I, I think so. I try to keep these letters very limited, like to keep them nice and special. Okay. Like a Let's fine wine. You only bring it out for a special occasion. Exactly. Give me one second here. Mm-hmm. 
Um, okay. Are you ready? I think I am. Okay. I'm just going to retie my tie. Dear people aged 55 to 75. No, no reason I'm calling them out. It's your friend from the two-on-one podcast, Alex. Stop tweeting from your typewriters for a second. We need to have a talk about your favorite player, William <laughs> Nylander. <laughs> you typewriter? I don't know what your problem is, but just in case you haven't noticed, he's good. Let me read you his stat line. 23 goals, 22 assists for 45 points. Let me read it again just in case you didn't hear me. 23 goals, 22 assists for 45 points. I know you love to say he's garbage in front of the net, but let me just throw you a stat that I got from January 14th when he scored, yes, his 20th goal of the season. Adam, can you tell me where 16 of his goals came from? Would it happen to be in front of the net, John Tavera style? Oh, yes. 16 of his goals came from the net front area. But that's fine. Continue using your typewriter to bash him for for whatever reason. Hey, leave the guy alone. Last time I checked, he's been the most consistent lead this entire season. He's also been the most consistently trashed on player since the day he joined this team. Don Cherry, was it? I believe it was Don Cherry who trashed the Leafs for not picking a Canadian player. Whatever the hell that means. He wanted Nick Ritchie. Oh, what what's Nick Ritchie doing right now? Um, not scoring 23 goals for four and 45 points. I think he That's was what on he's waivers. Doing. He's a what? I think he was on waivers the other No, day. he was he wasn't on waivers. Was oh, let me remind you, let me remind you before I end this, William Nylander is a good player. Yes, he he was holding out for a little bit to get money that he was worth. $6.9 million. You know what? I think he's worth that. So stop. So throw your typewriter in the garbage and leave the man alone. Your best friend and your favorite podcast, Alex. Nick Ritchie has 11 points, by the way. Um, Oh, 11 points. Well, Alex, um, that was quite well spoken of you. Uh, What? (laughs) That was very well spoken of you. Although I, I think I would have I think I would have saved typewriter for one use. I thought that was pretty pretty alright. Uh, I won't lie. Well, the Leafs are in a tight spot, Alex, because they're right there on the floor of the Panthers, um, a team they play two more times um, for the rest of the season. They currently the Panthers have a game in hand over the Leafs as well as two points. Now Toronto's next game is against the Dallas Stars, captained by the most disappointing player over the past four years, Jamie Benn. So, Alex, what are you expecting from this team going into that game? Um, I expect them to play just as well as they did on, on I think it was Monday. Um, I expect them to be better defensively. I know that's asking a whole lot from certain players. But, you know, considering how well Rasmus Sandin has been playing uh, and, you know, his from his game on Monday, I expect him to get a little more comfortable with this team. Uh, I think Matthews is going to have another good is going to have a great night. Um, I think Nylander is going to have a great night. I think this team is good. I think Freddie Anderson's going to is going. You know what? Freddie Anderson ended the back like back half of the whatever half of the season. He ended it poorly. Uh, I think he's you know he had a. He had one weird goal against Nashville, but I think he's back on track. And I'm excited to see this team play tonight. Well, Alex, um, I think that's all we've got here. 
I'm double checking the Twitter for any sort of news we might miss. I'm just seeing pictures of cute dogs, though. Well, Alex, did you know that Drew Doughty is questionable to play tonight? I don't care about Drew Doughty. Don't care. He's questionable to play tonight because he's going to watch the Oil, uh, the Oilers Flames game. <laughs> yeah, they should cancel all other games so we can all watch that game. Mm-hmm. Oh That's my god! Okay. Apparently, John of the Drew was supposed to play this week, but now apparently Renaud Lavois saying a week or two. So great. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Okay. All right, well, ladies and gentlemen. If you enjoyed this episode of the 201 Podcast, wherever you're listening to to this, wherever it was on YouTube, it was on Spotify, the podcast app on iTunes and all that kind of stuff. If you are able to rate or like or review this podcast, whatever you have to do on that app, I think you should do it. Leave a review asking us some questions or something like that. Follow us on our social medias. That will all be in the description below. Check out the show's YouTube and Instagram page while you are there, as well as my YouTube channel. A new HFR will be up by the end of the day. And, Alex, I think that's all that needs to be said. Have I missed anything? No. Well then, Alex, I don't know about you, but I think we will see the listeners soon. Yes, we will. All right. Shout out to Talha, by the way.